Hi, Spots, the Chief Pops, ladies and gentlemen. Silicon Steve Valley. Vladdy Dottie. We're talking professional wrestling better than anybody else on the damn internet. Outside of good old JR. Here on High Spots, the Chief Pops. Vladdy, AEW, up to their old tricks again. A lot of things happening this week. We're going to get right into it. We're going to start with our new segment. Lottie Dottie shit picks. AEW Dynamite. <laughs> you may be right. It's Lottie Dottie's Dynamite Review. He's going to shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, you know, talking to pre production, I got a feeling you're the one that's going to be shit picking it a little bit more than I am, actually. You have so no idea little... what's in my head, sir. This is a little bizarre, man. But if we were playing cards i i think i'm seeing some tells here well let's lead with our favorite tag team yes please ftr no i'm kidding we'll get to ftr and what they're doing on collision last night we're going to talk about a popular subject here on high spots and cheap hops matthew and nicholas buck that's their body names they're God-given names, and they got to start taking this job more seriously, which is the only true thing I heard from them in about two years. I'm kidding. Exactly. I'm kidding. There was a lot of truth to what Matt Jackson said from his perspective, by the way. But we're going to get into that, Vladi. I want you to lead this one off because that was the first thing you said to me. we got to talk about the Bucks. Let's go. I yeah, want to hear. Uh... Let's go ahead. First of all, Renee Young, still gorgeous. Mm. It's funny when, yeah, it's funny how you bring that up <laughs> because it's like when Shivani's there, it's like, it's never like, Hey, still dapper sexist pig. So anyways, I've had a crush on <laughs> Renee Young. Oh, I'm sorry. Renee Paquette. I fucked that up. Renee, Renee Paquette. Yeah, I've, had, exactly. I've had a crush on her for 10 years. You know, you had a crush on her since she was Renee Young. Well, before I just always thought she, I just always thought, well, whatever. I don't have to go too much into it. We're just waste time. But I, I've been a big fan of her work, not just because she's, I find her attractive. I do, but she, I just love her quirkiness. I love her style. I love her interview style. I like her feet. Anyway, go ahead. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> and speaking of feet, we have the Kings of the super, super kick party here. And um, they're introduced by Renee. And I'm watching this. I'm like, here we go. You got the mustache being revealed last week. The uh, spy versus spy look. What the hell's going on? We had a week to go and just all discuss it back and forth. And pretty much many people just shit on it. Like even in the AEW comments, there was a lot of negativity there, right? So I'm like, all right. I've been one of their biggest detractors for years now. Um, you hate them, and let's let's call a spade a spade, Vladi. You hate. Them. I think, I think they're one of the most overrated acts in professional wrestling that I've seen in my entire life. And um, so here we go. They sit down, and we have the always uh, how can I put this? The, the always limber and promos. Um, Nicholas Jackson, who leads off with his lines, he gets him off, which was sort of funny. I'm not going to go into belabor it didn't botch and, any of them um, he didn't botch it and he explained that they will now be called nicholas and matthew as their god-given names and i'm sitting there with a smirk i'm like here we go it's going getting a little bit deeper and as they 
go into this uh, pro- this into this interview with Renee. They reveal that they're going to go and be the EVPs. This is it. They are the EVP level of their careers at this point. And I said to myself, this is exactly what they needed to do. They didn't mess around with this. They jumped right into it. If if you if if Tony Khan said Silicon Steve Valley, Flatty Dotty, we're going to pay you X amount. Just get in a room with the young bucks and figure this out. I would 100% put that on the table, or if anybody did put that on the table, I would have just immediately agreed with it and say, okay, where do we take it from here? So I give them credit. They definitely went the right path. Okay. I this didn't is, expect this. This is a curveball, Lottie. Oh, oh no, no. I, I call it down the middle. So, um, so basically, I was happy with the route they went. Now, it's gonna now my only other like follow-up thought with this is I hope they don't fuck it up. Um which is entirely possible, but I'm gonna be open minded. Now, what's it what like threw me off a little bit, and I'm sure you're gonna get into the details about the cancer and then you know leaning on certain talents and blah blah blah. Um what one of the things that threw me off is like with the whole sting thing, like like building them up, role model, employee, blah, 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 you know, and what what Sort of. Let me just. I, I don't want to misspeak here because I actually did take a note on this. Um, in terms of this uh, this approach that they have. Sorry about this. Um, so basically, one of the things that caught me off that caught me off uh, was that the Bucks' mission is to run somebody out that already stated that they're leaving. So it's weird for me to see like like how are you making an example of you know escorting this sort of talent because he kind of represents what we're trying to, you know, rid this company of. But yet he's already announced months ago that he's retiring. So like, okay. So now that brings me to this. How do you get heat off that is by removing their tag team belts and the Bucks taking them. So I think this is sort of where we're headed with that. And that that's the only thing, like that's going to be the crux of like what's a good start for this new angle with them. Like where they go with this thing thing. So yeah, that's that's really my thoughts of it overall. I'm not going to kill them on it. You know what? They had to do this. Mm-hmm. They and honestly, they could get nuclear heat if they go and fuck with the wrong people. And by you, that means Adam Copeland. Um, I would say Miro was another one. I'd say you know what? Start having them House of Black. That's the one I want to see. Yes, have House of so, Black be the one that because that's what. Malachi Black has been talking about since he got to, for the last several months. And remember, they attacked the Bucks. They started messing with the elite, and he was saying the people that run this country when they were when they Company. took out Brandon Cutler. Whatever happened to that? Bring that yeah. back. Bring that yeah. shit back. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the um, th- that's where this is really could be good, and they got to be snarky. And again, I, I and and like, listen, they don't, they can't necessarily rely on the comedy. They got to be just arrogant douches and just swinging their power around and trying to make it hell for for like the rest of the talent in the locker room. And here's another thing: you want to get Hangman Page over more? He's one of the guys that's trying to like basically, you know, bring them back to reality, if you will. Not friendship, but like professional reality. You know, don't have him aligned with them is basically what I'm saying. 
I mean, I think he might be turning heel soon because this the way the crowds are reacting. First of all, Hangman shouldn't be messing around. I, I don't want to go too much into it, but we can actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually agree with you. I didn't think we would. You you said everything that I kind I would really agree with. That this is yeah. a really good way to build this match up. Again, I'm not in love with the Sting thing, but they did a good job of making it make sense, which we killed them for last week. So good on that. But you talk about Hangman Adam Page. Let's throw it right into there. He said something that was really puzzling, and you brought it up in pre-production. He said that I don't even think about Swerve anymore. Like, whoa, whoa, no, dude, that's not that's not what the story was. The story was you were obsessed with him, and he beat you twice. Swerve was done with you. He was going to challenge Samoa Joe, and then you in, and then and he won a match at an end of a of a collision, and then you came out and fought him, or whatever the case may have been. And then he comes out and says he doesn't care about Swerve. This man broke into your house and you didn't get redemption and you attacked him from behind and all of a sudden you don't care about him? Is that that's what I'm supposed to understand here? Am I supposed to understand this make make it make some damn sense? Thanks, Stephen A. I don't know if that was a good Stephen A. But Yeah, I wasn't sure who it was at first, but now when you say Stephen A, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't do I will never do a Stephen A again, clearly. But no, see, no, I was I, I was thinking it was a wrestler. I'm like, who is this? But go on. You make some damn shit. Would you please? I will not exonerate. I love Steve. I, I thought, you know Stephen A. I, I don't agree with him usually, and I don't think he knows nearly as much about football as he does basketball. But damn, I like hearing him talk. I, I knew it wasn't Jason Whitlock. I knew it wasn't Jason Whitlock. That's for sure. But yeah, make it make sense, Hangman. What's your thoughts on that, Flotty? Hangman saying he doesn't care Listen. about Swerve. Hangman's been another one I've been critical on for a while. And again, I when he said that line, I almost I like stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, wait, and I, I think I might have even like rewound it. I'm like, did he just say that? So that just like did he lose himself? Like, did he forget what he's been doing for the last two and a half months? And even whoever was in that, I don't know who the the you know backstage um you know uh broadcaster was with him they Lexi even kind of looked at him like Is that her like, name? they were like what yeah yeah she i think she had like a weird look on her face like what the like hangman might as well just farted on live television for all for all it's all good purposes that he had there yeah. so i think we might oh, be heading for a really cool double turn oh. with hangman and swerve hangman gets his one victory turning heel and the fans are going to boo the shit out of him and that's where swerve turns fully baby face i think that's how you do it the only problem is his crew's with him. But Swerve right now is getting a monster babyface reaction despite being a heel. Yeah. And um, a beautiful thing. One one thing on that, and, and honestly, like, if this was, like, how can I put this? In normal conditions, I'd say, oh, yeah, we're looking at a double turn. But AEW doesn't really tend to do straight-up babyfaces, straight-up heels. Their heels tend to be their best babyfaces for some reason. Look at Swerve. Look at Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe just defeated MJF, walks out there, and they're screaming, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. There's a little bit of weird reaction from the crowd. I'm not even saying they're wrong because I was happy to see him, too. And that's where, like, the presentation of this company is throwing me off a little bit. Um, with Swerve, really, all he needs is himself and Nana and he, just walking out there. And that's his – he can turn face that way. He just has to fire the other three guys that don't really bring much to the table anyway. Well, they can turn on him and make him they can turn on him and make more him more of a sympathetic character. Right. But you, you gotta keep Nana with in my opinion, you gotta keep Nana with Swerve. Him just just that 
yeah just over and swerve like and, and swerve like not paying attention to him like it's <laughs> like the when i watch those two i'm entertained you know um but yeah like with hangman saying that he doesn't even think i'm like like I, I, my head almost. I, I'm like, holy crap! What he was like, totally lost in the promo. Yeah, it was weird, man. It doesn't. It didn't make sense. And again, it's just it's indicative of what we're seeing with AEW far too much. Yeah. But there, but you know, that's that, those are some of what. Else, anything else on the old dynamite, dynamite that struck your fancy? That was, uh, how about yeah, Tony Tony Storm? Can we just say how great and much of a national treasure she is? She's entertaining. Yeah, you're more in love with her than I am. Yeah, yeah, but like, you're definitely more in love and, and with her than I am. But uh, I I think she's, in terms of that division, she's cream of the crop easy. Um, she's doing something. She's working hard. Uh, I even think the picture-in-picture, picture, when they go to picture-in-picture, picture, they should probably do a weekly, like, silent film where that's just killing time versus, like, you trying to follow the match. You know what I mean? It's not as important. And it's still getting her over and make those a thing. If not weekly, bi-weekly, but just something. Just definitely not writing. Anytime she feuds yeah. with somebody, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if you want to do it that often. But. but yeah, I'm just thinking it's a good way to like break up the monotony of the picture in picture, like during an actual match. Yeah. You're not really missing much as far as action. Yeah, and um, it's great. But yeah, she's she's great. Um Diana Perrazzo, what's your thoughts? Okay, I, so you, I just wanted to bring up it was hilarious when Tony Storm uh, got both Deanna Perrazzo and Renee Young to pop to, to pop. They both yeah. laughed when she said I ought to come into that ring when she said I ought to come in that ring right now and put and sock you right in the box. I just thought that was the funniest damn thing I saw on television all week. I laughed. Yeah, she's my definitely ass off. Yeah, she's definitely in character. And you know what? Like she's with she's married to Juice Robinson, right? Yes. That is such a talented couple, man. Like as far as professional babies. wrestling, like as Beautiful far as prof- As far as professional like I don't know about their babies. <laughs> like how genetically they align, but they are both guess, beautiful uh, human beings. Like I don't mean like in a sexual way, just like the way, just they're both beautiful human beings, I don't know. Juice Robinson is I think Vince Robinson is a pretty man. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I I'm not saying in a sexual way. You saying he's an ugly dude? If if it's if kinda, you if you were afraid of a woman, he reminds if, he if reminds you're me your of being courted by a professional wrestler. Wouldn't you just be one of the people you'd be afraid of? He reminds me of one of the Moon Dogs. I'll be honest with you, which is what I is one of the things I like about him. But I, you know, it's so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful babies. Uh, so yeah, with uh, yeah, it was a funny line that she she got over on TV. Um, she's definitely entertaining. Um, Diana Perrazzo, what do you think about her in ring abilities? She's good. Yeah, she's pretty good, right? It's better yeah, she's than she's, she's good. She's virtuosa. Yeah, I worked. I worked. She will not remember me, but I worked a show with her at WXWC four when she uh, lost a lose. I think a loser goes out of town match. She had this wow. angle with Mikey Valentino. And she got beat by uh, Mikey Valentino's real, real lady, who I forget her name at the time, but she beat her. And that's the last I ever saw of her. And she became quite a star in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, look at her now. Man, see, she got that Silicon Steve Valley rub and propelled her right to AEW. Big time. I'm looking forward since our, since the real technician, the professor, 
She'll be coming back shortly. And that would be a good, that would be some good matches. I don't like how Tony Khan brings somebody new in and immediately puts them with a champion because you're either going to make your champion look weaker or you're, or someone's jobbing as soon as they come out. I get you want to make them a top of the star line, but he does it all the time. And more times than not, that star winds up peaking in their debut. It's happened right. over and over and over and over and over again. And why am I going to think Deanna Perazzo is any different? Yeah. Um, we were just talking about Juice. I got to ask you, your thoughts about the super faction of the acclaimed and Bullet Club Gold. That is a great question. If anyone saw a collision last night, there is a new faction and apparently a babyface faction. So I guess Bullet Club Gold is now babyfaces, folks, which is fine. They're getting a positive reaction. Again, to your point, we always talk about AEW's heels want to become the, the babyfaces, which is weird, which is weird. Right. That, might be, that might be indicative of why they don't grow their audience after five Yeah. Um, but so Bullet Club Gold finally answered the question from the acclaimed and now Bullet Club Gold and the acclaimed are now the bang, bang, scissor gang. And it's hard for me to say that because it literally hurts my heart to know that Jay White is in a faction called the bang, bang, scissor gang. But I'm going to put that emotion aside because it's not what I wanted to happen. You have extraordinarily talented talented performers in this faction that were kind of being underutilized the last month or so or two. You have the acclaimed who they're kind of ho-hum. They're, they have the trios champions, what have you. And even the Bullet Club Gold has been a little ho-hum since Jay White uh, headlined that la- the pay-per-view. I'm going to give them a chance. I despise the name of this faction. Like, are you going to talk about great factions ever? Are you going to say bang, bang, scissor gang with four horsemen? (laughs) Yeah, dude, I don't know if it's the four horsemen or the new world order or DX or the bang, bang, scissor gang. Like BBS G doesn't roll off the tongue either. So I hate that, but I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a chance. Vladdy daddy though. I'm going to give it a chance because I actually am a monster fan of Jay White, as many people who know this show knows that about me. I I used to watch New Japan all the time when they had more than four people I liked. Um, and, and Bullet Club had a real leader. No offense. But I love Jay White. You know who else I love? I love the guns, particularly Austin Gunn. Colton Gunn has really come into his own as well. Great love tag team. I love them. Daddy ass is what it is. Old, he looks like a giant out there, so he can get yeah, over. He, lit- he literally wrestles like a giant. He looks like he's a big man. He's what Kevin Nash was, honestly, half the time. And then he got the acclaimed or two of the really talented young performers. So for me, for me, I'm going to give them a chance because they're all really, really talented. And Billy Gunn is a smart wrestling man. I'm going to give it a chance. Um, but that's the problem. I think they might be better suited to turn heel, but how many goddamn massive heel factions do we need? We already have the Undisputed Era, whatever the hell their names are, 
the oh, mid carters, the mid carters who were the main event in the developmental system five years ago that Tony Khan has a fetish about making them a top faction on AEW television for some stupid reason. Yeah, they'll be in that conversation with they'll be in that conversation with the Horsemen as well. I'm sure. Undisputed Kingdom, Jesus Christ. That with all the talent you have, and the, and, the, and even Bullet Club and the the Scissor Scissor Bang Bang Gang, whatever they're called, even them, they're ten times more impressive than the Undisputed Kingdom in terms of who the wrestlers are and who the personalities are. And they just formed. I'm more impressed with them. Like, but how is the, this but, faction, this 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 faction, going to line up with the Blackpool Combat Club? How is this faction going to line up with the bang bang chitty bang bang? Tell me. Well, that that that's the the thing there that bothers me about the bang bang scissor gang. Part, correct me if I'm wrong. Part of the reason they are aligning is to react to the rise of the undisputed kingdom. Which I'm like, why are they intimidated by these douchebags? But there's been zero mention of that. The last several weeks, it's all been just about them getting together. They haven't mentioned Adam Cole or the Undisputed Kingdom at all. Again, another, we'll start something and then poof. The catalyst of turning Bullet Club babyface. And then poof, nothing. Well, poof. well, they mentioned they mentioned him once because Jay White said something about being attacked by the devil. And then, uh, oh, crap, what's his name? No, they um, said it in the first time. Yeah, they said it the very yeah, yeah. first promo. That was and, it. And then that was it. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, all right. So there's, a, and then that was like sort of the spark for this, these two groups to come together. I'm like, all right, why couldn't the, the guns and Jay White totally get in there and mess with the you know, Undisputed Kingdom themselves? They have plenty to work with against those jabronis. I'm sorry. It's what they are. You, want, you, you don't believe me? Go watch Roderick Strong try to go and cut a promo in front of Orange Cassidy. It was one of some of the most awkward television I've seen in a long time. I haven't seen a television like that since this, Vladi Daddy. That's going to be that one TikTok I sent you with them. Uh, with them with their shirts off. They look just like the dudes <laughs> from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I thought it was just really awkward, man. And um, I, I and again, I'm like, why are you like um, watering down two two of your more popular factions that you already have established and saying, oh, we got to join them together to go and work against Adam Cole, who can't even get out of a, a walking boot. Oh shit! Oh, it is, oh, it is recording. I thought I wasn't recording. I was so worried. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, so yeah, that that I, that's one of my negative spins on that. It's just shit in terms of that because I like them separately. The only way, and, and listen, if I'm looking at my crystal ball between the Bang Bang Scissor Gang and how this is going to evolve, I hate that name. You're going to learn to love it, pal. Uh, I hate that. I hate that name more than I hate it. Uh, you're going to start getting chants. Bang Bang Scissor Gang. No, they started. Bang, bang. They started. They, they were did. they were there last night. Yeah, they were. They were. Oh, it's awesome! It does roll off the tongue better than you would think in a chant. I will say that it sounded it pretty awesome. good. You're gonna and be they driving got a really great reaction as well. But um, you're gonna. I, I think you're gonna see Billy Gunn align himself with the Bullet Club, become their heat. You know, their heater, if you will. 
and uh, that'll spin tailspin uh, the acclaimed off back into the tag team, especially if what we're talking about the Young Bucks doing what they're going to do. There's a good feud there, mm-hmm. acclaimed versus Young Bucks. I just want an FTR Young Bucks blood feud. That's what I want. It's all we want, Tony. It's all people want. It's all we've wanted That's- since 2020. It's all we've wanted is a blood feud. We got the three respect matches, got them out of the way. Perfect. Which yeah. I was right about. And Body Dottie wasn't. I, I no. <laughs> I gave myself some. Leeway. But that's all we want. And build your tag team division, because right now your tag team division is meh at best. You know, yeah. it's better than the women's division, which is <laughs> at best, but <laughs> But yeah, so that was that. A couple other things on Collision, Vladi. I, if, I know you didn't really catch a lot of it. Um, they're doing this thing with FTR in the House of Black. Like they're tra- they're booking it kind of like the old school Jim Crockett wars with the Four Horsemen and the different factions that they went after, and the different groups of baby faces they went after for the most part. War games and such things of that nature, and you know the. Feuds with Dusty Rhodes and, and all the and Magnum TA staying the whole nine, Lex Luger eventually, and all that. And they're trying to do that, but the problem is they don't have a Dusty and they don't have a Ric Flair. You got an Arn Anderson and Dax to a certain extent. Yep. You know, completely different, obviously. I'm just saying, in terms of level performer and maybe le- it's a push on the promo. I, I think Arn hasn't beat quite a bit at, at certain times. That's, Arn cut some great promos, man. Yeah, I yeah. think Arn has him beat pretty substantially, actually. Uh, unless Dak's got to evolve a little bit. He kind of does the same kind of thing. I believe yeah. it when he does it, which is great, but he does say the same kind of thing over and over again. And it just seems like they're trying to get that kind of vibe, that like gangland vibe going on. But you just, you're not, no one's cutting any promos. Give Malachi Black the real reasons why they're fighting each other. Like, why, let me understand why they why this is such a, a blood feud all of a sudden. And let just let me understand it. That's all. So again, you can do that, but you still have to tell a story in the midst of it. And you still need some players to make you feel. And FTR always says, Hey, I'm getting you to feel. I love when I make you feel. Well, if FTR doesn't tell me why they're feeling the way they do, or their antagonists aren't telling me why they feel the way that they do. You're not making me feel too much because I've seen you have bangers. And if you're not going for a championship, it kind of flies in the face of who you guys are. Let me understand why your antagonists are doing this to you. They kind of hinted at it. Well, we want to prove to you that nobody likes you. I mean, come on. that That's all you got for me? Right. So that just seems that. So it, it would be a good move and a good try, and I like the players involved but they need some more of this to make me care about it because they're not getting the kind of reaction. I think they, they were hoping to get, and they're busting their asses. They're having great matches. It was a great match between Daniel Garcia and buddy Matthews. Forgot it. But at the end of the day, why are we caring? They had a big breakup of bench, a uh, locker room clearing breakup and all that they're having, but now they're having a six man. So they're having all these different renditions of these guys feuding all of what they used to do back in the day during the Crockett years. And also what they do in new Japan very often. So it's, it's just, it's okay, but you got to have these players. You got to have the Ric Flair and the dusty roads cutting those promos and making you understand why we're doing it. Why Magnum TA 
was so amped and why people love Magnum TA, why Ric Flair does the things that he does, why Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson do the things that they do. Jumping people that coming out of a car at a gym. Like, let me understand why these people are doing what they're doing more so, at least in terms of the House of Black and FTR. Um, a couple of, and then let me see whatever else something happened on Collision. Adam Copeland's doing some good work, had a decent match with Dante Martin, but it was a decent episode of Collision, the version of Collision that it is now, which is, quite frankly, Vadi Dottie, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling West. Okay. It's really turning into that with a splash of indie bullshit. <laughs> it's nice to get a little splash of it. A little sprinkle. So that's what yeah, I got in uh, AEW. What else you got going on in AEW? I know there's got to be more of Lottie. <laughs> yeah, I want to touch base on the um, uh, Samoa Joe and Hook main event. Please do. I actually didn't see a lot of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was basically one of those matches that got a lot of... Uh, you know, more than more than most, a lot of like interest from Twitter with what Tony Khan's antics with the Jinder Mahal thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, Samoa Joe being like the ring general, he can help make stars in AEW. And I feel that match was easily the most important match in Hook's career easily. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And the way that they sold Hook, even in a loss they made a star. Okay. Now all of a sudden hooks cutting promos. He went toe to toe with Joe, the, uh, Uranage into the, uh, out, uh, onto the announcer desk table was vicious. He didn't hit any of that with his back. He hit it with the back of his head. Vicious. And, um, and, you know, also even kind of, there was something added, I think to Taz being on the mic where you see in a father, watch his son get sort of pummeled and then scratch and claw. I kind of liked that aspect of the match. And where it was kind of weird was this. I, and if you left the match from bell to bell, I was very cool with it. I didn't like the antics afterward because it was like the way hook was like pushing off, like um, especially in the hangman portion of it, like hook left and then hangman called him back just for Hook to like, it was almost like they missed something that they had to get on camera, I felt. Uh, but Bell to Bell, they did wonders for Hook's career. Samoa Joe was a genius. It's the way he played it off. When Hook hit that uh, suplex on Joe, that place went nuts. It was, it was very well done. Something like much better, and I'm sorry, much better than anything I've seen Daniel Garcia do over, what, 13 times or whatever in main events over the past few years. Like, I was never into a Daniel Garcia match as I wasn't that at Hook and Samoa Joe match. And I, I'll i say this, not that it's like, you know, a carbon copy, but this is something to consider. Back in the day, huge match was David and Goliath was Razor versus 1-2-3-Kid. That helped solidify them both, especially 1-2-3-Kid, for years to come. People all, like tend to refer to that. People might actually do this with this hook match. It was nine minutes long. They got what they needed to do. It kept your attention, flowed beautifully. And Joe is just, a, he's a, I am such a Samoa Joe fan, man. Like I, he, like what he, how his mind works, how his attitude, his presentation, like when he did that Uranage and just like almost pranced around the ring, like 
he just almost killed that guy. <laughs> like the way he he reacted to it is such a badass heel, and uh, I mean he is just one of the wonders of the wrestling world. And I cannot say enough good things about that guy. I love the match. I thought it was a very good main event for uh, uh, for Dynamite of all things. And you know what? If you give me that, like these younger talents in that way, like they did with Hook and Joe, Joe makes it work. And you know what? And Hook becomes a better pro wrestler because of it by working with a guy like that. So, yeah, that's my my take on that main event. That's great. And I, I got to go back and, make, and get the finer details. I remember I was rooting for – I watched the tail end, and I was rooting for Joe to go back in the ring and beat the living shit out of Hook. I really was. Yeah. I was happy. I thought – yeah, yeah. I thought maybe it might get to the point where Joe was locking in and Taz might come into the ring. Yeah. I was – they'll probably do something like that. I think if yeah. that if they move this forward and there is a second match, which I think there might be, if this is getting as much traction as, as, as if people have fallen in love with it the way that you are describing, which, by the way, Vladdy Dottie, if you haven't noticed, folks, is not the easiest guy to impress when it comes to all elite wrestling as of late. So I was shocked that I'm getting all this positive energy from you for AEW. It's a beautiful thing. We love it. I thought it was a good dynamite myself. But I, uh, I was thinking the same thing. You might have a situation where he kept, keeps it in there. Or he attacks Hook in a different time, and he comes back the week after, and then he's while he's dogging Hook, calling him a coward and calling him a weakling and all that. Taz then comes out and then cuts a cuts a promo, which Taz can do. And then as Taz is walking away, locks in the Kahina clutch, doesn't let off for a while. Yeah. That builds even more heat with him and Hook. Um, you know, yeah. attacking a legend, attacking his father, yeah. attacking a retired man with with a history of neck injuries. Exactly. So writes itself. It, it does write itself. Is Tony going to do it? Nah. It is. Probably not. The moment Joe's involved, so I think there's going to be some kind of, of of sense to it. I think he was, honestly, again, I the, the storyline with him betraying Adam Cole, I thought it was well done, and I thought he did a brilliant job with the whole thing. His part was brilliant. I really believe Yeah, his part of it. Yeah, his part of it was very good. Like, it was the best part of it. It saved it. Yeah. Honestly. It kept it going. Yeah, it kept it interesting what you were thinking what Samoa Joe was going to do. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up, Flotty, the other thing. Yes. Brian Danielson seems like he's starting a feud with your favorite Yonkers fellow and mine, the triple champion uh, and New Japan strong style champion, or is he the Neverweight? I think he's strong. Is he strong or Neverweight? I know he carries three belts. New Japan Strong, I believe. I don't think it's a Neverweight. He's New Japan Strong champion. He is the Ring of Honor World Champion, and now he's the Continental Classics Champion. Which I don't know the different. Is it just because of a tournament? Is that what you're a champion? You're going to carry the belt around? Can you lose the belt? I just I I don't know how we're going to do this. I just don't know, guys. Are the all belts on the line every time he wrestles? What are we doing here? In fact, we have some audio of Lottie Dottie. Shad and Tony. Now, Shad is, look, they just lost 30-something million dollars last year. Shad's been a little bit more of a micromanager with Tony. That's your conversation. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Are you excited? We were number one on Wednesday again. Isn't that great? Yes, Tony, yes, Tony. Um, But I, I started, you know, we lost 30-plus million dollars last year. We can't keep on doing that. And I know we employ a lot of people in wrestling. It's great. We love wrestling. I remember taking you to... ECW and some weird man with a cigarette poured a beer on you. It was great. I loved it. 
But what is going on? There's this Eddie Kingston guy. He, I, he honestly, he looked like our gardener from a couple of years ago. Not sure if it was him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he has three belts. Can you explain? Does he re, does he retain each? Does he defend each title every time? Oh, yeah. So what it is, is he's a champion of the Continental Classic. It was a great tournament. It's kind of like our G1 tournament that they live in New Japan. You know I love New Japan wrestling, right, Dad? I love New Japan pro wrestling. It's the very greatest. Probably my favorite thing on TV. Internet. Yes, but just uh, why does he have three belts? So is he a champion of three different companies? Yes. Okay, so the Continental Classic, how did he win that? Oh, he won a tournament, and he put his Ring of Honor title on the line. And his New Japan Strong Championship. What's the difference between the New Japan World Championship and the New Japan Strong World Championship? <laughs> One stronger. Silly. Okay. I, like, it's built differently? It's better, better material? Look, Dad, I think we just changed the subject. What's going on? But I just want it to make sense. It just seems like some things don't really add up on your show. You know what I mean? Like, why does he have three belts? Can't he just make one belt? It just looks weird. Can he defended them all at the same time? Is he going to keep on defending them all? You know, it's, it's convoluted, right? <laughs> Look, Dad, I know what I'm doing, okay? You don't understand because you're not part of the internet wrestling community. These are really good guys, and they're definitely not virgins. And they love me. Except for the racist ones who hate me. They're all E-Drones. And they think Roman Reigns is a god. He's not. He's Dave, Meltzer thinks, he's Dave Meltzer thinks I'm Booker of the Year. Meltzer didn't give him Booker of the Year this past year, did he? Yeah. Not that, like, that still hasn't been announced, but like the last, what, four years or three years, he's been Booker of the Year. Yeah. And I can't wait. Dave Meltzer's about to announce him Booker of the Year for the 15th straight year. <laughs> You've only been doing this for five years. <laughs> oh, sorry. But yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to get Booker of the Year again. And let's fucking go! Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to let you go now, but uh, yeah, just uh, maybe think about making it make sense. Okay, pal. Thank you. Yeah, but the uh, like you have Shad looking through the books and the payroll, he finds a D Meltzer. <laughs> Why did we pay this guy, I don't know, $350,000 last year? <laughs> I was just going through payroll, and uh, who is Meltzer D? <laughs> and Alvarez B? It seems yeah. like <laughs> they and the Young Bucks had a lot of expensive vacations out in Las Vegas. <laughs> Together. <laughs> Together. And, and what's the funny thing is, man? We go to the Bottoms better. Up Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, was, bar. <laughs> why are there so many holes in the walls of this bathroom? And why is my dick getting sucked? I hope it's a girl. But it's good I to digress. Write off things. Uh, but I digress. Hey, just just stay open and stay on TV. It's all I care. Yeah. Okay, guys. Anyway, that's our report for Vlad. That's our AEW talk this week, Vlad. That was a nice one. Could he get? Yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything, uh, you know, in terms of uh, I saw Dynamite, did not get a chance to see Collision, uh, they went through other than a few clips. And I but, got Collision, so everything is good, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. And, uh, and you know what, I got to say this too, watching Dynamite, just a thought that sort of crosses over into the WWE world. 
when Dustin was wrestling uh, Christian Christian Cage, I really hope Dustin's able to not necessarily retire in AEW, but actually go back to WWE for like a year and basically join up with Cody on this uh, story of his. I think it'd be a great chapter, and and for Dustin to come back not as not as Goldust, but like this character or this this person that Dustin has become because at his age the sort of physical shape he's in what is he still able to do in the ring it's incredible I mean let, let me put it this way man like if it was 1999 and I turned to you and I said yo gold dust of all gold dust is still going to be wrestling in 2024 and he's going to be putting on bangers yeah like you wouldn't be like get out of here you're drunk you know but uh but I really love to see him just go back and finish that chapter as as Dustin Rhodes in WWE with his brother. And, um, you know, I gotta have Goldust come out at least once though, man. Come on. Well, he does kind of do it in the match. You know, he kind of refers to it when he's doing like, you know, he's doing the, uh, 10 punches to the head. He kind of do, does the Goldust thing there, you know, he does the kick in the ball still. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there are, there are still like little, uh, little paint strokes or brush strokes there of Goldust there, but, but yeah, man, he would be great. Next, like almost like a heater next to Cody. He is an underrated performer yes. of all time. He's extraordinarily yeah. underrated. He's very smart for the business. Um, you know, and what he did with that Goldust character from what the natural Dustin Rose Rhodes was in you know the late 80s and early 90s, and then becoming Gold Dust, and then taking that character on the crazy journeys that went to, especially this one when he had a ball gag in his mouth and he was trying and he came out barefoot. Licking Luna Vachon's boot might not have been his favorite moment, or here dressed up as a baby. But outside of that shit, the guy did the best he could with it, and he had and he was given a really tough character, a guy who had a lot of androgynous, as Vince called it, but a lot of gay tendencies. That was kind of a shock to the system. He was a heel because he was gay. That was one of the reasons he was a heel. If you remember, that's how he got his heat. All right. He same thing with Adrian. Adonis. Same thing. Same thing with Adrian Adonis. That's right. That's right. Ahmed Johnson. Remember he had the gold on his mouth. Yeah. Phenomenal. But anyway, uh, but just the, the matches that he still has his ability to do it. He's still so smooth. I mean, he has some botches here and there. I'm not going to lie, but uh, yeah, Dustin Rhodes is incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and yeah. I, I hope he does be able to, to, to fit, be part of the story. Yeah. And that's, it's almost like the, like, you know, Cody's version of the bloodline. And, you know, I'm, as I'm watching him against Christian, I'm like, man, I'm like, you put him on that roster in WWE. All right. Now he's got Cody's back as yeah, I expect Cody to become the champion, of course, soon. Um, and if he can go and help his brother sort of extend that, you know, in, in a baby face way, but just have his back eventually face a heel, which basically they put Dustin's career on the line for whatever circumstance. And then Dustin and Cody have that moment at WWE. I would just, I'd love to see something like that. You could see that as a WrestleMania moment, in like two or three years. Um, yeah. I think Cody's going to be probably part of the championship situation for the next two, but um, we'll see. I mean, Dustin is not getting any younger. We'll see what happens. One thing I did want to bring up, Brian Danielson, I believe body Dottie is finally going to get his championship. Oh. He's going to feud with Eddie Kingston, which was the point of the, the main event on Collision, which oh. I forgot to bring up. <laughs> and at the end of it, Brian Danielson started talking that shit in the, in the camera. I guess he's the heel, I guess. You know, he started doing the S chant. 
And he got the pin over Santana. I don't. Or was it the other guy? Ortiz. Yeah, he got it over Ortiz, and kind of just started talking that shit to Eddie Kingston. So, and he's talking to the camera. You're not going to have those titles for long. So, it looks like Brian Danielson may actually get a Ring of Honor Championship reign. And my reaction no. to that is, it's something, I guess. Yeah, thank God he's involved in the title uh, program, at least. Now, all of a sudden, he's interested. <laughs> no, no. A, a, a feud with Kenny Omega right off the bat for the world title? No. Well, time I'm out. an artist. Kenny, Kenny was in the middle. Of, you can't, I'm not going to let you kill him that. Because Kenny was in the, <sighs> was about to take some time off, and he was in the middle of telling us a long, complex story with your favorite Magnum TA cosplayer, Hangman Adam Page. Okay, I agree. But since Kenny, yeah, they've done nothing in terms of in between Danielson's injuries. They have not. They could have done it with MJF. They could have done a program of some sort. Wait, whoa! That was, they had a come on. And again, they had a good program. Brian Danielson and MJF had a really good program that lasted a couple different months. <sighs> I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta make sure we're we're rating the ship here, bud. Cutting to the gist of it, he should have been champion already, and he Agreed should never have lost. And he should have never lost a fucking Daniel Garcia, because what they've Agreed done with Daniel Garcia off of that. Oh, I don't want to be a professional wrestler. I want to be a guy who still dances. Get out of here with that. I mean, what? I mean, well, look, we've 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 killed Daniel Garcia enough on the show. We're not gonna, and it's not Daniel Garcia's uh-huh. fault. He's taking the opportunity, and God bless him for doing it. But they're they're going to make Daniel Garcia a top name in this company, no matter what. It, it's it's almost like a, it's almost kind of like even Austin, if it sinks it's them, it's almost almost like an Austin Theory thing, or a Baron Corbin thing. Like, eh. but then again, he gets a big reaction when he gets the dance thing going on. Second best dancer on the show, man. It's something to really you know. It's like tallest short person in a short person in a short person contest. And the irony about Daniel Garcia, and I've said this before, is that AEW fans pride themselves on not being entertainment. They're professional wrestling. We're not sports entertainment. Blah, blah, blah. They didn't give a shit about Daniel Garcia until he started doing that dance. Irony. That's a great point. Irony. And you know what? And I don't. And to that point about their fans, them not wanting to be uh, sports entertained. Every time Jericho walks out, what do they do? They sing a song. Uh, dude, like, you know, as far as... Um, Orange the, Cassidy. The dances, Orange Cassidy, between the dances between Garcia and Nana. As soon as it becomes entertaining, they're in it hook, line, and sinker. So... Unless you blow a fire table spot. <laughs> Adam Copeland is doing some really great things, though, in AEW so far, and I'm, I'm, I'm liking it... Uh, there he's telling his they, story. They, I, he's driving that ship. When, I'm seeing what when he's you doing. Were dis- when you were discussing FTR not having that flair, and I'm not comparing Copeland to Flair, they need to align Copeland with FTR. Those guys are friends, obviously. That'll come organically. At least he can do most of the mic work with those two guys. And that's like that's a good like faction that you could have there with Copeland and FTR. Uh, am I saying add a fourth to make it like eh, four horsemen ish? Not necessarily. I think the three of them would work fine. FT rated R. It speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, literally does. I think that would be the best way to go about it. They've clearly friends. Adam Copeland referenced them while he was Edge on WWE television a couple years back. Yeah. It's clearly something that should work. So, 
So instead, but there, but it's with Daniel Garcia now. However, maybe Daniel Garcia is your fourth. But Adam Copeland's not anywhere near that right now. Yeah, that's a weird thing. It's like why, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not going to go and second guess the Booker Booker of the Year, but it's like one of those things. I'd just rather have Copeland involved with that storyline with FTR and just cut to the ju- cut to the you know the gist of it with uh, House of Black. Because honestly, how much more time do we have with Malachi Black being there? I mean, he's probably uh, gone this year. Right. It's like we'll start calling bar- Malister again. Yeah, we know we are. It's definitely going to happen. Back with so, his beautiful bride, Zelina Vega. He's yeah. Have to turn heel, but we'll we'll talk about that on our next show. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, catching up on AEW. A lot of thoughts here. And well, it sounds like it was positive. It was a good week. Collision didn't suck either. I didn't hate it. There were some mm-hmm. things that are just whatever, but. And Tony Storm again. And by the way, one more thing about Tony Storm. She had about she had a little minute clip, minute backstage interview again on Collision. And again, she gets she's getting even a minute. She's a top five segment on the show every single solitary week. Love her to death. So anyway, my last point on that. And it's not sexual at all, Claudia, this time. Are you sure? Positive, hundred percent. Has has nothing to do with feet. Come on, man. Why are you going to go there? Oh, I'm sorry. It's crazy. Anyway, folks, Vadi Dottie, we want to thank you so much. This is Silicon Steve Valley from High Spots and Cheap Pops. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Please follow us on the Spotify. Hey, if you're on Facebook, please follow us, High Spots and Cheap Pops. Join our brand new spanking professional wrestling fan club, High Spots and Cheap Pops Pro Wrestling Fan, fan page. We'd love to interact with you guys. I'm on there a lot. Vadi Dottie's on there a lot. We're interacting with all y'all. We don't do well with tribalists. Sorry. We just won't ever. Because if you're going to come out, if your mind's made up before we're even talking, I don't think it's much much good argument. So if I find out you're a tribalist, we'll probably not have much of a conversation. But we definitely want to interact and talk about the great things about professional wrestling that we all love so much. The toxicity in the dirt sheets, though, I'm kind of over it. Dig what I'm saying, man? I thought you were speaking to the audience. <laughs> yes, I'm vibing with you. I am vibing with you, dog. Dig what I'm saying, man. So, all right, folks. Thank you for Body Dynasty Silicon Steve Valley from High Spots and Cheap Pop here and in the lesson. <laughs>